It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you right now for the last week, only three days. So three episodes this week, then starting next Monday, July 19th, I'll be back with you five days a week. That's right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as we back in to in-season mode as the Carolina Panthers are only two weeks away. From reporting down to training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College. And very excited to finally get down there, talk about some camp battles, and to be even closer to actual football. And to not be talking about the possibilities of things, but actually be talking about what's actually happening on the practice field. And of course, then getting the preseason, then eventually to the 2021 NFL season. So we are almost there. In the meantime, though, going to go through the next two weeks. Finally get there, but we're going to still talk about the Panthers and everything that's going on with the team. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify. You can follow us there. We're also on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, where typically on Fridays, currently not going on right now, just based off travel, things going on for me personally. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Julian Council, but typically on Fridays, we have our weekly Friday mailbag. I'm encouraging you now to just go ahead and send me in your questions via DM, or you can just add it at me. I've already seen plenty of people who are sending them in. And if you do send them in, Sometimes I might just turn into a segment like I'm going to do today as I was asked about expectations. So we'll get into what really should be the expectations for the Panthers in 2021. We've talked about it a little bit. Let's talk about it even more. Also, ESPN's been doing their top 10 rankings of position groups throughout the last two weeks. Monday was top 10 quarterbacks, which has a ton of people arguing about who should be a top 10 quarterback and who should not be one. As we know, Sam Darnold. Not a top 10 quarterback as of right now in the NFL. But there is one top 10 quarterback has a similar stat to Sam Darnold. Could that be a positive moving forward for Darnold? Or is it going to prove that maybe Sam Darnold's not going to be the guy here in Carolina long term? Let's start off here on Friday. Cam Newton, former Panthers quarterback, as we all know. The greatest quarterback in Panthers history. I don't think it's even up for debate. You can debate whether he's the greatest Panther of all time. That's fine. I don't think it matters because at the end of the day, Cam Newton will come back to Charlotte when he's retired, and he will go up into the Hall of Honor, Ring of Honor, whatever they call it down there, make America Stadium. He will be enshrined as a Carolina Panther forever. If he ever goes to the Hall of Fame, he will go in as a Carolina Panther. He certainly probably has a little bit more work to do if that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't have a vote. Doesn't matter to me at the end of the day. Cam Newton was a fantastic player here in Carolina, and really, that's all that matters to me. But there's still the question of what could have been had Cam never gotten injured with that shoulder late in the 2016 season where he threw the interception 
at the goal line, track down the Chargers player, and then end up hurting his AC joint and effectively derailing the rest of his career here in Carolina. Now, yes, in 2017, the Panthers were able to go to the playoffs, lost in the wild card on the road to New Orleans Saints, and that's the last time the Carolina Panthers have been to the playoffs. And since then, it's been all downhill due to the Newton's injuries, the lack of ability to stop the run defensively, and a myriad of issues as Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis – and so many familiar names over the last decade are no longer here in Carolina. Enter Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer, of course, the new owner, David Tepper, Sam Darnold, and plenty of other new faces here in this new era of Carolina Panthers football. But why are we talking about Cam Newton on Friday? On his YouTube page, he had Funky Friday in a video titled, What Really Happened to My Shoulder? And interesting details, important to note, this was filmed back in September of 2020, where Cam is in a car discussing his shoulder injury. He goes back to the interception he threw against the Chargers and going down the field and trying to you know, make the play, and that's what ended up hurting him. And he says, honestly, the last time he felt healthy was in 2016 and even said 2017. Whereas if you remember early in that season, after he had the surgery – for that first shoulder repair, and let's not forget in that 2016 season that was lost, where he started in Week 17 on the road in Tampa for no reason. Ron Rivera had him out there starting, even though he had a bum shoulder. Now, it did not come back to haunt him the next season, as after the first couple weeks, Cam started to play well, and the Panthers were ended up going 11-5, and of course getting to the wild card, losing the Saints that year. But in 2018, after a 6-2 start, and really not even probably around game six, whatever game it was where Cam couldn't even throw the Hail Mary, that's when you really were starting to see some issues. And, of course, the shoulder deteriorated the rest of the season. You go into the 2019 offseason wondering, would he be healthy? You get to week three of the preseason, scrambling in the pocket, hurts his foot, the list, Frank. He he calls that a fluke injury. He also calls a shoulder a fluke injury. And both of those injuries combined led to Cam Newton's exit last offseason in 2020 as there's a new head coach and they wanted to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year $60 million deal as we know turned out to be a terrible decision as Bridgewater is no longer here in Carolina and now Sam Darnold is up. So there's been plenty of questions about did Ron Rivera make the right decision by continuing to play Cam and what could have been is really what we all think of what could have been had Cam Newton never injured his shoulder because even if Ron doesn't play him late he still had to have the injury. He had to have the surgery. And there was a delay in the process, and he comes back, and he still has the issues in 2018, which is, what, a, about a year-plus removed? Longer than that. He had already played a season the year prior in 17 where he actually was pretty good. And he looked like an MVP in the first half of 18, and everything just fell apart. But he says he has not been healthy, at least entering into the last season, he had not been healthy since 2016-17. So, yeah, the what could have been is certainly only thing I can really take away from this. Also, Cam not wearing a seatbelt, click it or ticket, man. What's going on here? I don't really think there's much to talk about. Like, Ron's gone in Washington with the football team. He took them to the playoffs last year. He doesn't have a quarterback this year. Yeah, he's going to rely on Fitzmagic. But as I pointed out, Ryan Fitzpatrick has never taken a team to the playoffs. And I don't expect that to be the case again this year. Um, and then Cam is now in New England for one more year. And last season... Eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Now you have to count the rushing touchdowns at 12 of those. I know a lot of people don't want to count them, but they do count. 
he's also moved on. So it is a little weird to me that he makes this video and he releases it almost, what, it's been 10 months since he actually filmed it, that he brings it up now when the conversation was going to last season, him feeling, feeling healthy. Does he feel healthy going into 2021? I don't know. That's a problem for New England Patriots and not for us here in Carolina, at least not until November when he comes to Charlotte. And then we'll see how things work out with Cam Newton. The only thing I can take away from this is when you talk about what could have been, I just think about what Cam Newton might have looked like in this offense with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. You add Dan Arnold in free agency. You draft Terrace Marshall. And, well, the offensive line, still not very good. I just went and add in Joe Brady as a play caller. That's what I, that's what I wonder. What could have been had he had more around him during his time in Carolina? Now, the injuries... He can call him a fluke, whatever you want to look at it. You want to blame his playing style. It's an argument that we've all had, and it's super tired. I'll just always wonder what could have been had he had more around him, and yeah, had he stayed healthy. But the unfortunate reality of it is he didn't stay healthy. He's also the best quarterback in Panthers history and one of the best players in Panthers history, if not the best. That's how I'm going to look at the Cam Newton situation. Him releasing a video 10 months after the fact of him being in New England and going over what really happened with his shoulder, well, it sucks. It happened. But at this point in time, it's not our problem anymore. So ESPN has been doing a ranking of the top 10 players at each position in the NFL. On Monday, they did the top 10 quarterbacks. And one of those top 10 quarterbacks has an interesting stat that is close to Sam Darnold. Also, where have some other Panthers fallen throughout the last week in these votes. I'll get into that in just a moment. Guys, been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have amazing flavors including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, my personal favorite, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. And there's awesome things about Built Bar is that they are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And here's another cool thing about Built Bar too. You can get a mixed box, which means you can get two of each of the nine flavors when you order those box. And the thing, too, about Bilt Bar, guys, is that they're healthy. They are about 130 to 180 calories, only about four grams of sugar, and they're awesome for you and are great for anyone who wants to go out there and get a Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's right, the Olympics coming up soon, so you can have the official bar of the U.S. track and field team in Built Bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, you know, it's officially summer when we are doing these annual rankings of position groups. ESPN has stepped up the plate and they've given us top 10 rankings of edge rushers, of of tackles, of quarterbacks, which came out on Monday, and a lot of people are having conversations. The top three, if you didn't see Patrick Mahomes at number one, number two, Aaron Rodgers, who 
Not sure what team he plays for. Was asked multiple times last week when he did the match with Bryson DeChambeau versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. He didn't say where he was, what he's going to do. Then he was in Lake Tahoe last week um, at the American Century uh, Championship, which is a celebrity golf tournament out there every year. He didn't want to answer the questions back then either. They figured in a couple weeks, but who knows? Not our problem right now here in Carolina. And at number three kind of is our problem. Tom Brady, 43 years old and seemingly never going to age as he won another Super Bowl last year. Also on the list, as we go over the top 10, Russell Wilson's at fourth, the Seattle Seahawks, Josh Allen at number five, the Buffalo Bills, Matthew Stafford ranks six with the LA Rams after being traded there from Detroit this past offseason. Number seven, Dak Prescott coming off of that horrific ankle injury. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. Number nine, Justin Herbert. And number 10, Kyler Murray. Feel free to go debate that all you want. I'm not really here to do that at all because I don't really care. But what I do care about, though, is an interesting statistic from one of these top 10 quarterbacks that is shared with the Panthers' new quarterback, Sam Darnold. And that is the eighth-best quarterback, according to these guys, and Lamar Jackson, who has been criticized for his ability to pass the football and whether he's a good enough passer for the Ravens to potentially win a Super Bowl. We'll see. Again, not really important here for the Carolina Panthers because that's not our guy. We're also not in the AFC, and the only time we're going to see the Ravens, in it, if it ever matters, is in the Super Bowl, which we'll see if that ever happens one day. Looking at the article, though, there is a small little paragraph in relation to Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold saying, Since entering the NFL in 2018, Jackson has thrown for fewer than 200 yards in 22 of his 37 starts, the most in the NFL during that span. The next closest is Sam Darnold with 19. I don't think this is exactly written to highlight Lamar Jackson as being a great quarterback in the league. Although, he has never failed to make the playoffs as a starter, was the league MVP back in 2019, and again last year took his team to the playoff and got them into the divisional round the first time he had won a playoff game as a starting quarterback. Although, never forget, football is a team sport, and a quarterback is just one position, and sometimes we overvalue it. Despite having thrown for fewer than 200 yards and 22 of his 37 starts, Lamar Jackson has been able to do all those kind of things. 19 times Sam Darnold has done that, where he's thrown for fewer than 200 yards in a start. And you have to go back, obviously, we talked about it before. We talked about it at nauseum, what he did and did not have in New York when it came to receivers on the outside, when it came to a rushing game or lack thereof. And it came to a poor offensive line. And, of course, it all falls at the head of Adam Gates. Adam Gase, who was horrible as head coach for the New York Jets, and then you can even go back to Todd Bowles in his first year there in New York. Darnold didn't have a lot around him. I look at that, and I just wonder. Lamar Jackson, who's a top-10 quarterback, I don't think there's any argument at all based on what he's done in the NFL. If he's able to go out there and have success, throwing for two, fewer than 200 yards and that many starts, and the Ravens have still had that much success, why can't Sam Darnold do that here in Carolina, potentially? Now, Darnold, obviously, does not have the same athleticism and running ability that Lamar Jackson has that makes him a threat and allows him to go out there and compensate for the lack of passing yardage in games and has allowed the Ravens to be successful. Now, I would expect that Sam Darnold's going to have to throw for more than 200 yards in most of his starts here in 2021 if the Panthers want to have any sort of success at all. But might we think about what's also around Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Has a fantastic defense. 
You look at the Panthers' defense right now. Brian Burns has a chance to be one of the preeminent pass rushers in the league for the next five-plus years if he continues to go towards the upward trajectory we've seen. You bring Hassan Reddick, who was awesome last year. You now have three, I think, reliable corners. Obviously, there's question marks in terms of what Jason Horn's going to be in his rookie year, but you draft him as number eight overall, the top defensive player in the draft this year. You bring back Dante Jackson in a contract year. A.J. Boye comes in. He's a former pro bowler. You move Jeremy Chin, who is probably the most versatile player on this team, period. You move him back to safety where he'll still play some linebacker. And you add in Daquan Jones play next to Derrick Brown last year's first-round draft pick. Could that not also help Sam Darnold? And you look at the receiving core here in Carolina, I think it's a little bit better than what they have in Baltimore, right? And we can add even Chris McCaffrey in there and just in terms of weapons. you got McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. You're bringing in Dan Arnold. Why can't Sam Darnold be able to come up here and put up potentially modest numbers where the Panthers is still a win? Because say Darnold goes out, throws for, what, 225 yards and doesn't turn the football over. Pair of touchdowns. And then Chris McCaffrey is putting up 100-plus yards rushing each week and is involved heavily in the passing game. And Joe Brady's able to figure some things out and get DJ Moore involved in the rushing game as well. And the defense is able to actually be disruptive when it comes to sacks and get off the field. Couldn't that make Sam Darnold into a pretty decent starter for Carolina in 2021? Like, yes, I think he's going to have to obviously throw for more than 200 yards in the majority of his starts. They won't have success. But it doesn't have to be 300. It doesn't have to be 400. I'm just saying that what we've seen out of Lamar Jackson, those numbers, and how it's cl- and how Sam Darnold is close to him, that potentially, if you don't ask Sam Darnold to do too much, and you put enough around him offensively, which I think they have, outside of the offensive line, of course, which is still a major question mark, but it's particularly on the defensive side of the football. Now, special teams, the Ravens have Justin Tucker. Panthers do not. So, a little bit different there, but still. Just look at the overall roster. Could it, the way it's currently constructed, allow Sam Darnold to have overall success where maybe he's not asked to do as much as he was back in New York? That's just a key question when looking at that relation to what he's done and what Lamar Jackson has also done. Not saying Sam Darnold's anywhere close to a top-10 quarterback. Y'all know how I feel. I'm just looking at one quarterback who is, who does also have an asset with his legs that Sam Darnold does not necessarily utilize, or at least has not utilized in his first three years as a starter, which is how that might compare as we head in 2021 with Darnold as the Panthers starting quarterback. Now, also looking at these top 10 rankings, not a ton of Panthers obviously mentioned. Now, Brian Burns was mentioned as a guy who received votes as a top 10 edge rusher, which has to have a lot of people excited. Um, this was a bunch of scouts and execs. Um, and team officials who were polled anonymously by ESPN. And the quote for him was, he's one of those next top-tier guys. He's not at that level yet, but he's coming. He can go. And that's what an NFL coordinator said about Brian Burns. I would imagine it's probably someone in the NFC South. So absolutely, Brian Burns is that next guy up. Hopefully, it's going to be the season where I think a lot of people project he's going to be a pro bowler for Carolina. And also, name honorable mention is Taylor Moten. As again, he is on the clock. Not just him, but the Carolina Panthers are on the clock as this week, July 15th. The Panthers have to come to a deal with him since he he signed the franchise tag. Or else, they'll have to wait until next offseason in order to extend their franchise right tackle, Taylor Moten. All right, so also coming up on uh, Tuesday, or I guess today, uh, Christian McCaffrey, interested to see where he lands as one of the top running backs. Sure, we'll talk about it on the pod on Wednesday, so make sure to check that out 
as well. I'm going to take a quick pause. Again, guys, I've been telling you to send me in some questions that you have um, with the weekly Friday mailbag. I got a question from Daniel down in Lexington, South Carolina, just about what he considers a successful season for the Carolina Panthers. Want to get to that question and also kind of elaborate on more of my thoughts as the Panthers head into the 2021 season. Going to do that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. We're talking about your cell phone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box to know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we are two weeks away from training camp, and Monday was an important date as Tom Pelissero of NFL Network came out and reported that seven NFL teams are now above the 85% threshold for player vaccinations, and 70% of players league-wide have at least received one shot, he's been told. Now here's what's important. By Monday, players needed to either receive their second shot or the single-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine in order to avoid major restrictions when most teams report to training camp on July 27th, and that's the Panthers included when they got on a Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College. So we will find out very shortly um, whether the Panthers will be above the 85% threshold once they get there. Matt Rule talked about it at the end of mandatory minicamp, how important he felt it would be, and how he wasn't going to pressure his team to do it, but he did tell them that he thought that the teams that got above that threshold would have a competitive advantage. And seeing that the Panthers are the youngest team in the NFL, breaking a new brand, a brand new quarterback in Sam Darnold, who of course has already faced his own COVID vaccine criticism. We'll see if that happens. There are plenty of guys out there apparently according with the Panthers who decided after mandatory minicamp to get vaccinated. And if they did that, they certainly should be fine once we get down to Spartanburg in two weeks. So we will find out who exactly did and did not. And I'm sure it's going to be a story all over again as, you know, it's, it's something that could negatively impact the team. So we'll see what happens there. But let's get into one of the mailbag questions that I got from Daniel in Lexington, South Carolina. Says that he's been listening to the podcast for the last couple months. He's a huge fan and appreciated my perspective. So I appreciate that, Daniel. I'm always looking for y'all's perspective, which is why I asked you to tweet at me, at Julian Council, and just talk about a successful season. He says, for me personally, a successful season would be for us to be competitive and in the hunt for a wild card spot. Showing improvements from last season and showing promise towards the future. I'm hoping for eight wins, but if we at least are fighting for the wild card come December time, then I consider that to be a successful season. Do you think that's fair? Absolutely, I think it's fair. It's just what I've been saying is the Carolina Panthers 
under Matt Rule, it's the second year of the team of with him as head coach. You have a brand new general manager in Scott Fitter who hasn't even been through a full season with the Panthers yet. You got a brand new quarterback again in Sam Darnold. You have a second year play caller in Joe Brady, the youngest team in the NFL. The expectations really should not be high for the Panthers. They're not high in the national media. And I'm not trying to tell people that are Panther fans that they should not be excited about the season because there's plenty of things to be excited about. But if your expectation is we're going to the playoffs, and if we don't, then I'm going to be upset, then I think you're setting yourself up for failure in a way. I do think this team can be competitive like they were last year. Over eight again, guys, in those, those, those games where they had a chance to go down the field and win or tie, and it didn't. New quarterback. Hopefully that changes. And I saw the thing about how bad the defense was for a period of time, but as we got later into the season, they progressed and played really well. Now you add even more pieces defensively, especially veterans, that can only help this team. They've at least addressed the offensive line in bringing in young talent and trying to build some depth. Will that be an answer to the Pretty much it feels like age-old issue here in Carolina. I don't know. Only time will tell. Chris McCaffrey, can he be healthy for for a 17-game season after what he went through last year? I hope so. Yes, I think the Panthers absolutely should be in position come December to be battling for a wild-card spot. I do not believe they'll get one, but I think that they will absolutely be playing meaningful football in December. I think they will show improvements from last season. I'm expecting this defense to pick up right where they left off last year and honestly play a little bit better when you add Hassan Reddick, Daquan Jones, Boye. Yeah, he's not going to be around for the first two games of the season, but you add in um, J.C. Horn. I expect him to be able to play a lot better. And let's not even forget, Denzel Perryman now wearing 52 instead of Tier Whitehead. That should be a major upgrade as long as he's healthy. So I expect him to come out ready to go, especially week one against the New York Jets and a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson in a team that, frankly, has been very bad the last couple years offensively and in large part due to Sam Darnold. Either way, the Jets should not be very good, and Phil Snow's defense should be able to get after that team right off the jump in week one. So they should be feeling very confident. Also, offensively, they should be feeling confident playing against the Jets. Now, week two against the Orleans is where we really get to see what exactly this team might be. So I do expect them to show improvements this season. And not, if they don't, then you'd have concern going into 2022 of like, okay, you know, it's year three of the head coach, kind of put up or shut up. I'm not necessarily saying like it's going to be, oh, if Matt Rule doesn't perform well this year and then he goes the next season, like he's been a hot seat. Like that's not, that's not going to be the case at all. But, you know, it could be if the quarterback situation continues to not be worked out, albeit I don't think that's going to be the case though still. But, you know, there's going to be – definitely criticism. I've already said I don't believe David Tepper, the owner for the Carolina Panthers, has the patience to sit here and watch a rookie quarterback, which is why I think they bypassed on them. And if they really in love with any of these quarterbacks, they probably would have done a trade that San Francisco did to go get Trey Lance. But that was not the case with the Carolina Panthers. They were fine with Sam Darnold. They're hoping that in this situation that they can fix him. Will it happen? I doubt it, but they believe it. So I can only sit back here and hope that, that it comes true. And that we're not sitting here having a conversation all next offseason about how this new quarterback fits in the Carolina Panthers system in 2022. But showing promise for the future is really what the season's all about. Eight wins would be great. I think seven or eight. Nine winning season would be awesome because then 2022, can you get back-to-back winning seasons? That would be for the first time in franchise history. But showing promise is all that matters. Yes, you want to be in position for a wild card. You want to go to the playoffs. Yes, showing improvement obviously is important. That goes in time. In, um, in hand with showing promise towards the future. 
That's what I'm really more concerned about. And I really think that this team, like when I say, I do believe that they'll be in position potentially for a wild card spot come December. But then I think it might end on a kind of a sour note, just showing the team's youth because at the end of the season, guys, it's at Buffalo week 15 home against Tampa week 16 at New Orleans in the Super Bowl in the Superdome week 17 and then at Tampa those four weeks are going to dictate whether the Panthers are going to be a playoff team or not and I think we're gonna get to the point in the season where after the bye and after Atlanta you're gonna hope that the Panthers are right there in position but they're not gonna have enough room margin for error likely to go up against the Buffalo Bills team and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and a Saints team. Now we'll see where the Saints are at, but the Bucs, it's hard to think that they won't be back in the Super Bowl again this year, unless Tom Brady finally uh, loses his battle against time. Buffalo, they should be good again. New Orleans, of course, like I said, not sure. But I think going into the majority of the season, when you look at who they have at the Falcons, I, I feel like the Panthers should be better than the Falcons. Washington football team will be interesting. Obviously, the Patriots game will be interesting. Miami, Arizona, that's one of those key games that they're going to need if they want to be in the hunt for the wild card and to get those tiebreakers at New York, at the Giants, home against Minnesota, home against Philly, home against Dallas. That first part of the season, the first half, the Panthers get off to a really good start and then put themselves in position, hopefully, where they do enter December in mid-December in those last four weeks, thinking that they have a real shot and needing to maybe split those two games or only those four games or only need to get one uh, win in the, in the last four weeks to be in the wild card. But showing promise, that's all that really matters to the Panthers. Not win-loss total. Yeah, eight wins would be great. Nine wins would be great. But anything above that, I, I double digits doesn't really feel like that realistic. But again, week-to-week league, you don't know what kind of injury is going to happen, where the Panthers might be positioned uh, later on in the season. So... It's all on the table, but hoping that they show promise, that's really all that we should be concerned about in 2021 for the Carolina Panthers. So, Daniel, appreciate you listening to the pod. I appreciate that question. That wraps up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by Mutual and Council. Again, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and pretty much wherever podcasts are found. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can get in your Friday mailbag questions in right now. I will be out of town again this week, but if you guys get enough questions in, I can be able to fill a Friday show for you. So go ahead and do that right now. Seriously, do it right now. Get in those questions by following me at Julian Council and then DM me or just adding me on Twitter. Again, guys, appreciate your support. We are up year to year from last year. Again, I don't know what happened before I got here, but you guys have been fantastic supporting me, supporting the podcast, and we are so close to finally getting actual football and finding out whether Taylor Moten will sign a long-term extension for the Carolina Panthers. And I hope to God that it's going to happen because, Lord, do they need him. Again, appreciate y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day.